in your Bibles this morning, the book of John, for John in chapter 5. We'll begin reading again with 24. I kind of half want to go back up to verse 17 and begin reading down verse 27, but we'll not do that. We'll begin with verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in his, himself. And hath given him authority, the Son, the Son of God, hath given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Go back up to verse 22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Our verse this morning is verse 27. I read the verses in the order and in the particular verses that I did for a reason. From verse 17 through, Jesus has been showing his equality with the Father. He did that by calling himself the Son. Just the Son. But the Son. He did that by calling himself the Son of God. In verse 25. So the Son... <laughs> Have been had had all judgment committed to him that is given to him, the Son, the Son of God, has all judgment given to him. The Son, the Son of God, is the Son of Man. Verse twenty seven is the Son of Man 
and he has been given, the Son has, the Son of God has been given, the Son of Man has been given authority. To execute judgment. To execute judgment. He's been given authority. To execute. To, to exercise without delay judgment. To perform without delay judgment, justice, condemnation, without delay. Because he is the Son of Man. This is another proof. It is if you've been counting, it is the seventh proof that Jesus gives of his being equal with the Father. He was in the form of God. He was God. <laughs> and equal to him. A distinct personality. It's hard for you and I to comprehend Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not three gods, three personalities of one God. But that's what we have. He became man. <laughs> and was in the form of a servant. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. In chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, and I want to read verses 5 through 8. We are instructed by the Word of God from the book of Philippians in chapter 2 to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What was in the mind of Christ Jesus? Well, I'm the Son of God? I am the exalted one? I am God. I am the creator of the universe. 
I am your creator? Was that the mind of God? Who, being in the form of God, it was God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. No doubt about it. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We've, we've been looking in John chapter 5. We've, we've been seeing him tell the Jews of his equality with God. Because they wanted to persecute him for healing on the Sabbath and telling a man to rise and carry his bed, work on the Sabbath. So he thought it not robbery to be equal with God because he was equal with God. But notice, here's the mind of Jesus Christ. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. That's not you and I. Well, I don't have to do that. That's not my job description. I'm above that. I'm better than that. God! <laughs> took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God, who's holy, without sin, never has sin, is incapable of sin. became a servant as a man he came he came here and, and tabernacled amongst sinners And being found in fashion as a man, being found in appearance, he appeared as a man. Look at him. You saw another man. These Jews looked at him. They saw another man. That was their problem. He was more than man. He was God. And being found in fashion, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. 
Every one of us needs to learn. Did we humble ourselves to walk into his presence this morning? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He gave his life. Even the death of the cross. Why do you think it says even the death of the cross? Because the cross was a symbol of shame. It's a place, so to speak, that only the worst of sinners went to. Thieves, murderers. Were put to death there. He humbled himself to go there. Well, this was this was prophesied long ago, long before he came. By the prophet Isaiah. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 52. Isaiah, chapter 52, and look with me here at verses 13 and 14. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. That word extolled is lifted up very high. He shall be lifted up high and be very high. <laughs> it's a, this verse is prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold my servant. <laughs> he came as a servant of God to serve men. To be lifted up high. Look at verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage, his, his appearance, was so marred more than any man, any other man, no other man has been marred, his appearance has been marred like Jesus Christ, the man, was marred. And his form more than the sons of men. No other man suffered. But God, the man, suffered. Jesus. In the book of Matthew, in chapter 20, in verse 28, said this, Even as the Son, the Son, 
the Son, the Son of God, the Son of Man, came not to be ministered, not to be served, but to minister, to serve, and to give his life a ransom for men. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to, yes, give up his life so that many might be ransomed, might be redeemed. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Son of Man. In John chapter 5, the Son, the Son of God, is the Son of Man. He lived just as all sons of men live. Just as you and I live, he lived as a man. He lived as man, bearing all the weight, all the pressure, all the trials, all the temptations, all the suffering, all the death, all the joys, and all the victories that we as men experience. He did also. Back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Begin reading with verse 3. We're going to read through verse 9. Pay attention to what he experienced as man. He is despised and rejected of men. We too as men experience that. There's nothing uncommon to man. As much as we want to be liked by everybody, we've been despised and rejected by many. Seems like no matter what you try to do to be accepted, there's always someone... <laughs> They just don't like the way you look or something. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and was esteemed. He is a man. Was esteemed. He was God's sent one. 
but we despised him. We esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him so that you could have peace. He was chastised. He suffered all of this so that you and I could be at peace. You and I could be at peace with God. Because there's no man that is at peace with God and has the peace of God in him without Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We're sinners. We have turned everyone to his own way. That's what matters. That's what we want to do. That's what's important to man. And the Lord laid on him. Our iniquity. The iniquity of us all. All my iniquities. All your iniquities. All your iniquities. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. I didn't do that. Guilty, don't don't charge me with that crime. He opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison. And from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Jesus experienced everything that men experience. So that I might be at peace with God. So that you might be at peace with God. 
peace with God is our salvation. Because of our salvation, we have been made at peace with God. We're reconciled to God. He knows. <laughs> he knows everything there is to know about being man. Therefore, he is able to execute, to exercise, to perform without delay. Perfect judgment. You see, your judgment is not perfect. And we have no authority as individuals to exercise, to perform any justice, condemning justice. We don't, first of all, we don't know what justice is. We don't have the right to stand in condemnation of another. But Jesus does because he is the son of man. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Book of Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 14. Hebrews 2.14 For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood as the many sons that he came to redeem, to purchase to himself, to bring many sons into glory. Those are the children he's speaking of here. We were partakers of flesh and blood we are flesh and blood. That's, that's who we are. That's the only thing we've known. We're finite. We're finite in our abilities. We're finite in our understanding. We're finite in our knowledge. For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil and deliver them the children, the sons that he's bringing to glory and to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage we were bonded all our lifetime to sin. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. He didn't take on him the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham, the seed of man. (laughs) 
Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, flesh and blood, a man, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of people. To make reconciliation, reconciling us to God. Blotting out the sin. Clothing us in the righteousness of God. For in that he himself hath suffered, yea, even unto death, being tempted, he is able to succor, to help them that are tempted. There's nothing that you and I face that Jesus did not face. And he faced it victorious without sin. Chapter 4. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. <clears throat> verses 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You see, he faced the same trials, the same temptations, the same pain, the same sorrow, the same anguish, the same misery that you and I face. But he did it without sin. Then he might be a faithful high priest, mediator. Then he might help us in our infirmity to help us in our time of need. Therefore, let us therefore come boldly. That is, uh, um, oh, I've lost it now. Confidently. <laughs> let us come boldly. Let us come confidently to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. <laughs> you see, we have a high priest, Jesus, who understands, who knows. And he's a merciful, compassionate, faithful high priest. So therefore, let us come boldly, let us come confidently, under the throne of grace. Jesus, I need help. I need help. I can't face this trial alone. I can't face this temptation alone. <laughs> yeah. He's the Son of Man. Therefore, the Father has given him the right 
the right to, to do as he will. The authority to exercise condemnation, justice, just condemnation without delay. That's what the word execute means. Swift judgment. Because he is the son appearing as a man. Facing those things in human form, in human body. Turn with me to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. In chapter 7. And I tried to remember if we came here before or not. I couldn't remember, so if I can't remember, you I know you can't remember. So Daniel chapter 7 and verses 13 through 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the sun appearing as a man. One like the son of man. He was the Son of God, appearing as a man. Came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him the one with the appearance as the Son of Man, dominion and glory and kingdom that all people nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed you see Kingdoms of men, they come and they go. They, they come and, and, and they rise up and, and they fall. And then another kingdom, and, and that rises for a time, and then it falls. His kingdom is forever. It's been given to him of the Father. He has authority to exercise, to perform Swift judgment. Turn back with me to the second chapter of Philippians. The second chapter of Philippians. We read a couple of these verses. We'll, re we'll reread them and then we're going to add a couple more. <clears throat> verses 2 so Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 but made himself of no reputation 
and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. Isaiah 52, 13, hath, hath extorted, hath lifted him up very high, <laughs> hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. See, you're either going to confess Him as Lord and Master down here or you're going to do it when it's too late when you're before his judgment because all men are coming before the judge it used to be a saying going around in our young married life the judge is coming. The judge is coming. Well, I say to you today, the judge is coming. He is coming. And all are going to stand before him. But now back to, he is the son of man. Turn with me back to the book of Hebrews again. In chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 7. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. That is the Son. The Son of God. He was made a little lower than the angels. He was made the Son of Man. Appearing as a man. Men are said to be lower than the angels. <laughs> Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And didst set him on over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection unto his feet. All things have been put in subjection under his feet. All things. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. How much more plain can you get? In case you were wondering about sometimes all meaning all or not, and sometimes all just being representative as all, he makes it clear there's nothing 
that has not been put under him. But now we see not yet all things under him. Right now, it doesn't appear that all things are under him. But all things have been put under him. And so what we don't see yet it is appearing not being under him. We don't think that's so. Because there's coming a day when it's going to be plainly visible. Verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. There's why he was made lower than the angels. There's why he came as a man. So that he could experience death just as a man. But without Jesus Christ, there'd be no man victorious over death. With Jesus Christ being in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was victorious over that death. He rose from the grave. He's alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father today. All that are in Christ Jesus shall have the same victory over death that he's had. And now we're talking about the spiritual death. Even, even the death that may appear to, 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 to invade this body and they place it in the we know that that body one day is coming forth. It's going to live. It's going to be reunited with my spirit. Not, not as it was laid in the ground, but as it was raised to the of God. It's going to be a body without sin. No more, no more with the desires and passions that I have now, right now. That you have right now. It's going to be raised a new body. Incorruptible. Mortality shall put on immortality. Jesus. This term. Son of man. He uses it. <laughs> most of the time when referring to himself. Now looking up the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a time in John alone that he uses it when referring to himself to show his union with man. He wants... He wants men to know that, that he is as a man experiencing the same thing that you experience. And I experience.
And so he had an interest in man. He had an interest in man because that's who he came to serve. He came to serve men. And he had to do that as a man. God. The Son. The Son. Capital S O N. The Son that is equal with the Father. The Son who is the Son of God. He is the Son. appearing as a man in flesh and blood. God in the form of a man. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. If I'm right, is the first occurrence in The book of John, in verse 51, where Jesus said to Nathanael, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, upon me, the Son of Man. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 13. He said this to Nicodemus. And he said, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. He's the only one that has ascended up to heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven... <laughs> That, here I am standing before you, Nicodemus, the son of man, but I'm in heaven too. He's the son, equal with the father. He's the son of God. But appearing as a man before the eyes of Nicodemus, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Even I myself, who am right here in front of your eyes, Nicodemus, as a man, but I'm in heaven too. I'm going to be lifted up. The lifting up signifies by what death? He's going to die. Chapter Chapter 6, verse 27. Verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sent. 
I myself, the Son, am going to give you that food, that meat. The Father hath sent me, has sent the Son of Man. Look with me at verse 53. Those same Jews he said this to in verse 53. And boy, they weren't getting it. They sure didn't understand it. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. He wanted to know. He's equal. He wanted them to know he's equal with God, but he's here a man. You must part be partakers with me. You must be partakers with me in my burial and resurrection. Verse 62. What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. Sayings, as we said, hard to be understood. And so, down a few verses, it tells us they couldn't understand these things. So many left off following him anymore. Didn't follow him anymore. And Jesus turned to his apostles and said, Will ye also go away? And what did they say to him? To whom shall we go? Thou, Lord, only hast the words of eternal life. Son <laughs> of man. He only had the words of eternal life. Chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 28. Jesus speaking to Jews again. And, by the way, in this 8th chapter, many of them said they believed. But it's obvious if you're going on down through the chapter, they didn't really believe. Because Jesus said, you're your father, the devil. But verse 28, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, when you lifted him up on the cross, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Chapter 12, and verses 33 and 34, another one. Chapter 13, speaking to his church there in the 13th chapter, verse 31, he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified. When, when Judas Iscariot went out, left, because left to go out and to get the high priest and, and the Pharisees and, and to betray 
the Lord Jesus Christ into their hands. And Jesus said to his church then, he said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. The Son of God was clothed with and walked this earth as man and was despised and rejected and all his divine glory set aside. Therefore, he shall be judge over all the earth. He's the supreme authority. He has supreme honor. <laughs> He's sovereign. He has authority from the Father to execute, to exercise, to perform swift, just condemnation upon sinners. Have you looked to the Lamb of God? Have you looked to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you trusting in Him and Him alone? His shed blood. His shed blood to redeem you, to justify you, to have forgiveness of sins. Shall we stand?